This is the Mason Vera Pain Show, your go-to lifestyle program, covering everything from technology and gaming to movies, TV shows, and pop culture to the supernatural and beyond. Brought to you from Chicago, USA, with your host, the unabridged millennial, Mason Vera Payne. Anjana Deep recording artist Marsh joins me to speak about how he's navigating the culture shock of moving to the U.S. during the global pandemic and about his latest album. Thanks for joining me, Marsh. My pleasure. Tell me, how long have you been a DJ for? Well, I've been touring for about two years now. I've been able to DJ for the last 10 years, but professionally, I've only been doing it for about two years. What does that mean, professionally, for only two years? So what was the other eight then? (laughs) My background is in production primarily. It's writing music and composing music. I've been able to DJ because that's the main way that, as an electronic music artist, you perform the music. There's so many different elements in an electronic piece of music, it's quite hard to replicate that live. So DJing seems to be like the most common way that those sorts of artists can perform that music. So I've been able to do it for, you know, 10 years. But professionally, I mean, I've been able to be paid for it and I've been able to tour more of the world and do it, yeah, on a professional level rather than before it was just something I could do in my bedroom, you know. Well, that makes sense. You're right. I mean, there's a big difference of doing something in your neighborhood versus doing something on like an international scale. So I could see that. What would you describe as your style of music when you DJ? It's electronic music, but it's not the stereotypical thing you'd think of. It's not the really loud party music. You can dance to it, and and I love to dance to it, and, and people all over the world love to dance to it, but it's a bit more laid back. It's a bit more emotion-led and soulful, and it's great as music that you could listen to while you're working in the background or while you're studying. Oh, I like that type, the type you can kind of chill to, and it kind of molds to anything you're doing. I mean, I personally struggle to, like, if I'm reading a book and I'm listening to the music I love, (laughs) I struggle to concentrate on both. But I think some people are able to do that really well, and they're able to, you know, it might enhance that experience for them. I just get caught up in it because I'm so obsessed with that sort of music. Now, do you play any instruments? Yeah, so I grew up playing the piano um, since I was six years old, and I went through some of the different piano exams that you can do in England. It was more of a chore for me, if I'm totally honest. Um, I sort of played a lot of classical music, and yeah, it was a chore every week to practice before my piano lesson to make it look like I'd actually done something in the, in the week before the last lesson. But I'm so thankful that my parents sort of pushed me to do it because it's the foundation for me being able to write music today and and hear different melodies and chord progressions and all sorts of things like that. So I'm thankful for that. When it comes to your set, do you ever try to incorporate like piano, like your piano skills into it? I incorporate the air piano, if that counts. But no, I've not done any live playing piano yet during a set. I might one day look into doing more of a live setup for the time being. Yeah, it's just a DJing thing I'm doing at the moment. I've, yeah, I've not thought about flying around with like a keyboard and, and stuff like that. And, but yeah, one day I might look into that. You know, some people do that. And that's why I, I you kind of made me think about this. Like, how difficult would it be to incorporate like like instruments into a set? Is it harder than 
what I'm thinking it is? Or is it you think it would be a little bit easier than like, oh, I'm just bringing a keyboard. It's just the equipment and the weight that's going to stop me. No, it's definitely it's definitely possible to do. I've got quite a small synthesizer which I could easily fit into a carry on suit, like carry on bag, and it would just be a case of plugging that into the mixer, and I could sort of jam out some other piano or like mel- like synthesized melody on top of what I'm playing. Um, that is definitely something I could look into one day. Another route would be that I sort of create my music to be performed in a total live way, where eat the drum channel and uh, all of the different elements can be added in as I sort of want to pick and choose as I'm performing. And th- and then it would give me more flexibility to play the melody from the track live rather than have it, you know, pre-recorded. So there's some options. Now, what's your thought process when you're beginning the production of a of, of a set, like of, or just music in general? What, what do you like? Do you base it off of your life experience or is it just like an emotion you're feeling at that moment? Two different processes I suppose there when I'm preparing for a set that depends on my time slot if I'm playing an hour or an hour and a half depending on the venue and the crowd I probably lean on playing like a hundred percent of my own music to make sure that fans that have come to hear me they can go home like satisfied that they heard the song they've come to hear me play if I'm playing longer like a three-hour set or a four-hour set I like to plan where I'm starting the mix and I'll often you know have different moments that I that I'll get to in the set during those four hours to sort of keep the journey progressing but it's a bit more fluid then I can I can sort of go with the flow and and again if I'm headlining or if I'm opening you know that's I, I can't play the more banging sort of music if I'm opening and so you sort of need to think about that too when you do it when I'm writing music I like to start with like sort of an atmosphere really I love like nature nature is a big inspiration for me looking out of the window here in my apartment in Cincinnati and just seeing the trees and the birds chirping away and <laughs> a lot of that inspires me and even just walking around our neighborhood is just inspiring. I like to start with field recordings of birds and nature and, and different places in the world and and then I might start putting some chords down and building atmosphere as much as I can. I try to hold off from writing beats and bass lines and stuff I try and do that last because I like to just jam out as many different musical ideas and themes as I can. So I've got lots to pick and choose from when I start to build the track, if that makes sense. So I know you're from the UK. Have you noticed that there's a difference in expectations between the UK and US audiences? That's a good question. I don't think there's a huge difference. I think like this style of electronic music, we've had it for a little bit longer in England and in Europe. I mean, it's a lot of it sort of, well, funny enough, originates from some places. Like it's got its roots in Chicago and Detroit with like early techno, but then it sort of developed and morphed over in the Netherlands and places like that in Europe. And the UK has always been closely behind the developments there in the sound. And so I think when I get back home, there is a little bit more of a pressure that the crowd, they really know this music and you have to really think about what you're going to play for them. But I, I mean, I treat both countries the same. I mean, I love to introduce fans in America to music that I grew up with in England, which might not have even made its way over here. And and I love to share those moments that were really special to me growing up um, that people in America might not have heard yet. So I've made like slower edits of some of the classic tunes I grew up to and I love that. So tell me about your latest single, uh, Leilani. You've pronounced it perfectly, actually. Uh, most people get that wrong. But um, <laughs> yeah, so Leilani, it's named after my wife, Maddie. Um, it's one of her middle names. 
It's a Hawaiian word, which means heavenly flower. I love the word. We had our honeymoon in um, in Kauai back in the end of 2017. Leilani's just really inspired by that tropical you know, environment, the beach, beautiful mountains there, beautiful colours. And yeah, so it's quite a chilled, chilled out track. But when the vocal comes in and the melody, it really starts to be groovy. And it was one of those tracks that I sort of made it maybe over the course of two or three days. And I just knew it was, it had like a a gem potential to it (laughs) after I finished it. And I just ran with that and people really enjoyed it. I mean, the most requested track I've ever written, like I've been playing it out in sets for the last year, two years probably now. And everyone knows it before it's been released. And yeah, I'm so pleased it's out now. But yeah, it made total sense to have it as the title track for the album.
so tell me about the rest of your album. Are there any other songs on there that you're like, oh, that's that like it all flows together? Like, is this telling me a story? I guess the, the story behind the album, the way that it all connects for me is that the album has been a safe place for me to express different emotions and process feelings, experiences that I've encountered over the last sort of three years of living in the States. We all process our emotions differently. And, you know, I might be in a situation where it's a sad situation and a lot of people are reacting in a sad way. And sometimes I don't always react in the same way that everyone else does or like there's maybe there's an expectation to react in a certain way. But when I get to the studio and I'm alone and when I'm writing out ideas, often that is the place where I can express and process and unpack those feelings that I was sort of unable to express and unpack in the moment. And the album, the theme of it, I mean, I'm exploring stuff like we lost Maddie's mum back in at the end of 2018, a really young age. And, you know, we've been we've been processing that and the album's been a safe place for me to process that. There's also happier themes like the tra- some of the places we've travelled to and unpacking those incredible moments of seeing Iceland there's a track called Foss, which is sort of looks at the waterfalls, which they I don't know if you've been, but they, they always have like Foss at the end of the name of the waterfall. Foss is Icelandic for waterfall. And there's a track dedicated to Maddie's mum on the album called Kami. There's, yeah, there's lots of different themes, really. But I think it's all, it is tied together by that. Yeah, it being a safe place to, to process. And I hope that for the people listening, that it will be, it could be a safe place for them to unpack and process things that they've been thinking about and working through amidst all of the, the busyness and noisiness in life going on around us. Did you do any collaborations on this album? Yeah, there's a few. One of them is a collaboration with a one of my earliest friends, a guy that I met when I was four years old in school. My friend Cam, he's Fenoir on the on the album. The track's out now, it's called Don't Wait. He dabbles in music production and he'll often send me different musical ideas. And for Don't Wait, he'd sent me these these chords and these drums and I was just so inspired by it. I was like, dude, send me the send me the parts of this. Let me uh, let me have a jam on this. Maybe we can collaborate on it. And yeah, and we got to work on it. And so that was one of the collaborations we had. We've got been working with a singer called Leo Wood. She's based in Canada at the moment, but she's originally from Bristol in the UK. I came across Leo. She's she makes these amazing vocal sample libraries that producers can can use and you can pay for them and you can use those different vocal cut um, royalty free which is really useful because there's a lot of bad vocal libraries out there and I'd use so much of Leo's libraries in my work that I thought you know why don't I reach out to her and see if we can work together on something more formal for the album and so sent her some draft sketches of music I was working on and she put together you know some really great songs that she recorded and then I brought them into the master project so that there were some other collaborations on the album. There's a couple more to mention, I suppose, but maybe maybe I'll leave it there for now. So I know earlier you've said that, you know, you've been touring and doing all that stuff. But, you know, the pandemic, that put a damper on a lot of touring right now. So what have you been doing to keep yourself active right now? It's been funny with the pandemic because I've been doing this like nearly 11 years now and working towards that dream of being able to be in a place where you can talk and you can play music to people that know the music you're playing. And <laughs> I've worked so hard to, to get to there. And then to have that all sort of like snatched away. Working on the album um, has actually been a full-time job massively. It all got really more serious sort of April time. So we're just, in, we're just starting into the pandemic and finalizing album tracks for mastering and checking the masters and then playing different music videos and 
what the narrative was for the album and figuring all of that out. It's been huge. It's been a massive process. I've also been working on a, a shoot that we're going to do at a really beautiful state park um, in Kentucky. It's about a two-hour drive from where we live in Cincinnati, and it's called Natural Bridge. And we're going to have like some video, some 4K video shot up close of me performing the album and um, really nice drone shot. And we're going to go up at sunrise one day when the weather is nice and get that shot. So we've been working on getting permits for flying drones and all sorts of things like that. And it, it's been hard to actually find time to write new music at the moment, which is killing me at the moment. But this is such an important time as well. So that's sort of how I've been making the most of the time. Now, there are some musicians out there who have fallen back on Facebook Live, Twitch, and they just do their set on the internet live. Is that something like you'd be interested in doing or you haven't thought about it really? Yeah, no, I've actually been doing Twitch as well. Forgot to say that. But yeah, um, I'm Marsh Musician on Twitch and that has been awesome. I've been doing it sort of every other week and I'll do sets ranging from like two hours to the longest I did was an eight hour set. I've been able to play music I grew up with, been able to look at favorites on the record label I'm working with now on Anjuna Deep. And a really beautiful community of people has, has formed by doing this. And they, they will come and like the chat is just hilarious with everyone getting involved and it's a really special time the cats get involved they'll be like walking on top of the decks and sometimes they'll hit the play button and the music stops or um we had one session where my acoustic treatment in my room fell down and knocked out the plug socket and everything died in the stream apart from the music um you still had to be there but it was a really special moment where i put the webcam on instead of using my dslr camera yeah we just finished the set and it was it was a fun time yeah it's kind of shocking how hype you can get in chat when you're in when twitch you know you don't think it's possible but things get pretty lit you know, everybody does the fire emoji, <laughs> right? Right. It's like you, you all get pretty lit and you get hyped up. And it's kind of funny that individually, you know, everybody's behind a screen just kind of like enjoying the music. But in the chat, you can still be enthusiastic and say, hey, I really like what you're doing. So it's kind of cool that you have your own little community going. Is that something you'll like to continue to build even after the pandemic? Yeah, I'm thinking about it, actually. I just bought a new some new decks when I'm doing my live stream. And the thing that's nice about it is, you know, I can fly to a city and I can play a show in front of people. And, and that's a special moment and there's nothing else like it. But there's a lot of people that can't make it to that city for that show. And with streaming, I'm able to reach people. I'll often put in the chat, I'll say, you know, whereabouts are you guys tuned in from right now? And there'll be people in, you name it, like all over the world. And they're able to be together enjoying the music and and that's something that is new from the live set i'd love it if i could somehow figure out a way to stream when i'd start touring again when that comes back maybe there's a way i can stream those sets but it all depends on having a good wi-fi connection and there's a lot that can sort of go wrong to make that a really poor experience as well but figuring that out what do you plan on doing moving forward i guess like in the next six months do you see yourself putting out more music or you're just gonna just work on what you've already been doing i think the first sort of set of releases that we'll expect in 2021 will be remixes that other producers have made for tracks on the album um i've heard some of those already and i'm really excited about those but i'm also building up on my releases for next year there's, there's a lot coming. I'm not slowing down the, the sort of the momentum that I've sort of created this year and last year. I'll probably let my album breathe for a little bit before throwing more music out, out there. But perhaps in the second quarter of next year, I'll be able to put out a fresh 
EP of new music and you know, hopefully if if uh, touring can pick back up it would be really really great to do a, a small album tour um, starting early next year but we'll have to see how everything goes. Well Marsh thank you so much for joining me I really appreciate you being here and for those listening where can they find more information about you and your music? Yeah thank you uh, so much. People listening I mean you can find me on Spotify and Apple Music and different sites like that. I'm Marsh on those. I've had to pronounce that in my American accent <laughs> and on all social platforms you can find me at Marsh Musician. So I'm on Twitch and Instagram and Facebook as Marsh Musician. So check it out. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.